You are listening to OWC Radio number 46. Is the lab really dead? Welcome to OWC Radio episode number 46. I am your, I suppose, de facto host, because I always just jump in and grab this. This is Grant, and around the table we go. I'm OWC Michael. I'm OWC Chris. And Mike H. Did you know that Apple has now become one of the top five cell phone makers? And I can already hear Chris saying, well, duh, I mean, most normal people would probably think that, but... They've actually passed RIM and Sony Ericsson, and those are some pretty big names to really kind of pass up. Obviously, the top three are still Nokia, Samsung, and LG, um, but, you know, thoughts around the table, uh, you know, maybe well, you not go, a surprise. But If you go back to when they launched, I mean, they were only interested in getting about 1% of the market. They thought that would be a pretty good goal, uh, so the iPhone uh, went nuts on them. Well, there you go. I mean, because according to experts and analysts, They've grabbed a 4.3% share of the market during the three months from July to September and on shipments of 14.1 million handsets. Well, that's right about when they uh, released the iPhone 4, wasn't it? Right. Right around that time. So, yeah, that's going to just go crazy on them, and that's going to boost those numbers. And they've got arguably the best smartphone in the industry. Well, it'll be interesting to see what uh, if they uh, really set their sights on, you know, and I don't know, you know, maybe this is, you know, people think of a phone as opposed to a smart device, but obviously um, <laughs> what Apple does is uh, they enter into a market and they kind of take it over uh, by one way or another. And it well, looks the smartphone like... was kind of starting to grow anyway. I mean, you still had the BlackBerry, you still had uh, whatever Palm devices were out at the time. And Although, Windows Mobile, but let's and, be honest, I mean, all those products were pieces of garbage. There was a reason why the Apple iPhone was able to come in and take I rather like my device. Palm devices, actually. Yeah. Uh, they, they were fine, but they didn't, they didn't hit the paradigm that the iPhone Yeah, they, the iPhone definitely took it to a different level. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that the other ones were bad. They just weren't. Windows Mobile was garbage. Well, yeah, kind of like Windows Regular. Yeah, I had I had at least I had two trios, and then before that, I actually had a Qualcomm uh, just Palm phone, which was a, a phone that they mm-hmm. jammed a Palm Pilot into. Thing was about the size of a brick. Okay, not a full brick. They were all pretty big. Yeah, they were pretty big. It was like the size of a pocket calculator. Well, that would probably be like the size of what the original Newton was. And God, showing my age once again, I can remember when both the first Palm and Newton came out. And Egg I freckles? think they were actually at CES. So let's also and go people back People were just like, oh. When you're talking trios and Windows mobile phones and all that, no touchscreen. Stylus. Oh, yeah. Hmm. You can still touch it. but and Then if you're walking and trying to use a stylus while walking and... I don't think I period. ever actually used the stylus. I just used my, the tip of my finger. Fingertip, yeah. Well, on the subject of iPhones, moving right along, um, and maybe old, but um, it seems like it still hasn't been fixed. Um, back in 2008, there was a security flaw found in the iPhone that allowed people to bypass the lock screen to access mail, contacts, and bookmarks, and they issued a patch fixing it. However... There is a video, we won't give you the link to it, uh, that a Brazilian iPhone customer shows how you can circumvent the current iPhone's passcode protected lock. You tap the emergency call button, enter three pound signs, and then you are able to uh, get access on anyone's iPhone, which would have address book, voicemail, call history, things like that. So 
Um, so what do you do again? I'm not going to give the link, but you're going to give the instructions. Well, right? no, I know. I well, now I I only went to the three pound signs. I didn't go to anything else. And there's a key procedure in it's there. Three so three pound signs, and I think you got to uh, place the call and then immediately stop it or something along those lines. Well, there you go. Chris now filled in the blanks, but um, you know that's not our problem. It's it's you know maybe people know about this, uh, and maybe they don't. But it's just kind of interesting that you know as as bulletproof as iOS is supposed to be, um, and you know, I would never say bulletproof, but for the most part, don't let anybody take your machine no. or well, your computer you know, or your iPhone. In general, anything as high profile as right. the iPhone or, or the, somebody's going to figure something somebody's out. Somebody's going to figure. I mean, that always goes off to those hack convention hack. Hacking conventions are always like, you know, it's like, well, we gave the computer, the hacker access to the physical computer and they were able to break in. <laughs> you have access to the physical computer. But at the same okay. time, uh, just like they did in 2008 when they had this, a similar problem, not exactly the same yeah, it problem. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. vaguely familiar. But they, they were able to fix it with a software patch. I would, I would assume that that's one of the things that's going to be rolled into, uh, iOS 4.2, which I, if I'm not mistaken, is supposedly delayed now. One and one of the reasons on that, I think, has to be something about the precious iPad having Wi-Fi issues. I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, it just popped up on one of the tech blogs today. Well, there you go. We've been busy at work while you've been reading the blogs. All right, moving that right is along. My job. Um, and speaking of reading blogs, then, and what we should be learning about, um, something I think that everyone at the table here is going to be pretty excited about, and. You listeners should be too, because it obviously would be showing up on your next new machine as well as your next new storage device from OWC and NewerTech. Would be Lightpeak, and that it is uh, appearing to be on track for the first half of 2011. If those of you are, what's Lightpeak? I'm just getting used to FireWire. Well, Lightpeak is. If you're just getting used to FireWire, you've got some issues. Wait a second. It could be a PC to Mac converter. So you there's know. a lot of new, new people to yeah, Mac. Out yeah. There. So let's USBs let's embrace them. I, and keyboards. I always say I like holding people's hands. So the big deal with Lightpeak is is that it's way faster than USB three. It carries data at 10 gigabits per second in both directions simultaneously. And then this would obviously uh, harken back to some of the announcements that we saw in the media. Um, where uh, Mr. Jobs uh, officially came out and said, we're not interested in USB 3.0. So thoughts, comments, what do you think about uh I'm all for it. Let's go for it. Come on, Larry, let's put out a few more light peak, or a few well, more, put out a few light peak drives. One of the love neat, to see it. One of the neat things about light peak is its whole promise of being able, of the, how fast it can go. Yeah, was it transferring like a DV, or a, a Blu-ray Blu movie in like 30 seconds? Yeah, should anybody ever allow a server to have a Blu-ray movie at full? Okay. How about all the instructional videos that we've got? Yeah. You know, several, you know, gigabytes worth of that. Transferring that in thirty seconds, I'll buy that for a dollar. Mm -hmm. Well, that's local too. That's not over the internet. But the the promise with Lightpeak is that uh, it'll be able to daisy chain just infinitely with how much data storage it has. It'll be able to power your dis or it'll be able to use your display everything. On it, display, storage, multiple, multiple pieces of information, oh, objects on it. That's what USB and VGA, or not VGA, uh, DVI is for. Well, imagine replacing all your monitor and ports and everything, just having five light peak ports on there. See, I'm, I'm not keen on That's one of the things I don't like about putting storage on USB. It's like, no, that's for printers and keyboards. I, 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 no, I, like I use storage on USB all the time. I, I, okay. I, I still prefer FireWire. Well, I, I prefer 800, but if I have this. You know, no one has FireWire 400 on everything right now with the FireWire 800 and 
USB two. Yeah, if so. you're stuck for it, yeah, you can, but it's yeah. it's just not it doesn't feel right. Well for a lot if people are looking for price conscious, they'll go with USB only interfaces and that's fine. It saves them some money. And for like a time machine backup, USB two is fine if you're doing something data heavy. Yeah, firewire. I guess I do a lot more data heavy things right. than a lot of people because I'm sorry, I just I can't see myself using USB as my only connection for data. Well, I mean, not USB, USB 2. If you're going yeah. on to USB 3, you're getting half the speed of that. Uh, Boy, those must be really fast printers. That uh, light peak. So. Well, yeah, the light peak's still vaporware. Yeah, USB 3 is out point, there. Well, now, hold on. I was just going to go into that. Is USB 3 really out there? Absolutely. Well, it's out there, but it's not supported by a whole lot. Right, exactly. I it's, mean, Intel uh, themselves aren't bundling uh, compatible chipsets. No, but if you, if you needed that type of data speed for whatever you're working on and you need that benefit, you could go out, get a card, get a storage solution from us that has USB 3 and work with USB 3. Unfortunately, the uh, selections are limited. We do carry them, but those selections are limited. But right. What's nice is you're starting to get to a point where the interface will, in the future, not matter. Because it'll go as fast as your storage will allow. So it won't be a limiter versus your internal drive or whatever. So you could plug an SSD externally or internally, theoretically, and get the same speed, whether it's externally or internally. And that, that's huge. I think with Lightpeak, though, it's, it's driving the displays, too, being able to really put out a lot of data bandwidth through them. I hadn't read anything about the displays. I'm just seeing it as a great way to transfer a whole buttload of data. It, it, Lightpeak can be made to do a lot of different things out there because of its bandwidth speed and what it can put over it. All right. Well, there you have it, listeners. Giving you a, a primer, or, or would you call it a primer? Primer. On, uh, <laughs> primer. On, on Lightpeak and USB that, 3. Like prim. Um, I'm very prim. Basically can sum up as look at 2011 and 2012 as an exciting time for possibly new interfaces to be coming out. Uh, in other news, uh, Windows Phone 7 launched on, uh, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday of this week. Let's see, Monday's U.S. launch. Yep, Monday they launched. So there were throngs of line, overnight campouts, millions sold, you know, can't keep them in stock. Oh, wait, that was iPhone 4. Windows 7 was a different type of launch. 200 people in line, some didn't even know that they were, they were for sale in the stores, all that. And there's this uh, big, huge marketing campaign Microsoft's been doing. Perhaps you've seen it out there where they show people bumping into stuff, being morons, touching their phones, while the other one with the Windows Phone 7 can... See that they have contacts right away and don't need to be bothered by the phone. While they're at the club. <laughs> That's exactly the spot. And it's and they must have a boatload invested in their campaign because I don't watch a lot of TV. I mostly pass out on the couch after, well, we won't go into that. Um, but um, they're running those spots at all all different types of networks and times. and you know. Yeah, they have a massive... It's just like any other yeah. blowout for Microsoft. They have a huge marketing campaign going for I them. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, for you listeners that don't know, I'm the marketing PR and social media manager at OWC. And so, you know, my take on the ads are what they show is the interface. It's not so much the human interaction, although I, I get that part about that you're able to go on with your life. So that I... That resonates with me a lot because, as many of you know, and I can often be curmudgeonly, um, I don't believe that tech should own your life. You should own your tech, and you should unplug whenever and whenever possible. So that ad has really resonated with me. Um, and, the, and what's also grabbed my attention is the, they're really pushing the interface, their operating system. And there well, have been a lot of what? good re comments about it saying it's really yeah. the, the interface 
for the rest of us for and 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 I can see Chris he's grimacing already about you know the, 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 the rest of for us? the rest of us the, the idiots and and no it's and not so much that. people that aren't intelligent but you know what I often go back to it that's why the jitterbug cell phone sells a hell of a lot of phones because Actually, some people just want something to do something to do it very basically my actual concept is okay we're touting the interface from Microsoft. Well, I think there, I, I'm a little double-edged with it. I, I think Windows will be a gr- well, the Windows Phone will be a great competitor for Android because the OS is better than Android as far as how it animates, how it's used remains to be seen. Microsoft's really taken a big gamble on that people want to use the phone this way. They're throwing out the idea of icons and apps and trying to say you don't need them. You got this. You know, yeah, I can see I have X many emails from my home screen. Yeah, I can see I have X many emails from my home screen on the Apple iOS too, but um, they're taking a huge gamble on it. Uh, I think their their OS looks slick. You know, we'll have to we'll have to see, but it remains to be seen whether they're uh, they're focused just on it's the phone you don't need to use is actually going to be a good marketing campaign. <laughs> I, Might. Didn't, I didn't get that, but uh, I suppose. Yeah. You know, hey, you're going to be busy using your other phone for stuff. Well, what are you using it for? Well, I'm using it for this. That I got an app for that and app for this, and they're saying, ah, just check your contacts and go and get it out of your way. And it, It's all in what you need. I think it's, it's... Yeah, it does depend on the level of to which you use your phone. My smartphone here, which I got you know, sitting right here, it, I use it for occasional web browsing. Check my email real quick. How many emails do I have? And my scheduler. Outside of that, I really don't use it a whole heck of a lot. I'm not sitting there playing games on it. How do you use your iPod Touch, though? Um... I play games on it. Actually, ninety percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, it's there's uh, an app for that. Right? It's in my car playing music. Gotcha. Uh-huh. See, and that's the whole thing too. I mean, where where Microsoft and a lot of others missed the mark. I mean, um, even Android is that the iPod part of the iPhone is huge. It replaces your iPod. Whereas I would argue, people with Androids, yeah, they they can download an app that plays stuff like iTunes or well, like iPod, but not like iTunes, not like iPod. So, do they carry a separate iPod with them if a Windows phone user has to carry that with them. Because who wants to manually manage a thousand songs? I don't. But to each their own, I think Microsoft presents something decent. Uh, they definitely have their work cut out for them. I mean, their their launch really wasn't that great of a launch. I mean, it's kind of like doing the electric slide in a in a store. Well, they, right? they, they have did to, that too. They have to build trust again because they they floundered with Windows Mobile and it's like no one wants to work on their phone and do. Oh, we can let you do PowerPoint on your phone. Yay! It's PowerPoint. (laughs) Nobody wants to do PowerPoint anywhere. You know, here, let's do this. What's uh, what's the price point of this thing being projected? Does anybody know? Yeah, they're around the same as like all the others now. One ninety nine with a phone with a plan, Hmm. stuff like that. You know, they might go a little cheaper or higher, but they got to compete with Android. They know it, so everybody's doing like the whole either one seventy nine. Android's going nuts. They're offering uh, like a certain plan would buy any Android, get another Android free, stuff like that. They want to get out there. So they, they know once they get people, but... Because all I can say is being a, being a veteran of the wars, oftentimes the American public votes with their wallets and not necessarily with their brains. And if someone can come in with a it's good enough interface and device, and yet it's hundreds, possibly thousands, but not in this case, but still significant amount of money less, I know where that market's going to go. Yeah, Apple already has a corner on that, though, with the $99 iPhone 3GS. Right. So it's like, eh, you know, it for for us. For but at the same time, you also got to look at the plan you're attached to, because if you have a, uh, for example, 
through AT&T with the iPhone, if, if you just uh, switching over, you're getting screwed on the data plans. Whereas, you know, with others, you might have a better plan. I haven't or seen if you, if you screwed. If, if you they... stick with the service you have, you can sometimes keep a pretty good plan. I've been I on the same data plan. I haven't seen screwed on their data plan just because when you compare the data plan honestly among all providers, they're either the same or a lot more expensive on all other providers than AT&T with an iPhone. Apple was really aggressive on saying, you need to have a data plan at this price or no one's going to use the darn thing. So Apple's aggr being aggressive early on in 07 with the iPhone really helped the consumer out. Yeah, but they just changed all those it. plans. They've they've changed them where a data plan costs X, you know twenty bucks for what and putting data something. and putting the data caps on it. Yeah, you got the data caps on there. Yeah, see, I don't have a data cap on my plan. I don't have a data cap on mine, but I pay thirty bucks. Well, yeah, but you've it. been with the iPhone for a long time. If right. I were to switch to an iPhone, then I would have a cap on You'd it. You'd have a cap. And guess where they can stick that cap? Because I ain't gonna eat. I ain't going for it. That's why. That's fine. And and so. As much as I decry Microsoft's uh, terrible interfaces, usually I'm gonna, I will reserve final judgment on it until I actually check it out. Just like I'm going to re reserve final judgment until I check out uh, uh, Android. Regardless of any of the phones, if you want to get any of them, you'd have to buy a data plan. Well, yeah, they're all going to be the same price, or in case with like the HTC Evo, way more expensive. But to I'm the going tune to of have three to four times as much on the data plan, expensive. Yeah, but is it a capped data plan or is it a? They're all capped data plans. Not, not all of them now. There's still some. Try buying one that's not. I've got one. Not being grandfathered in. I'm grandfathered in on an old one. Yes, I spend thirty bucks a month to get unlimited data instead of twenty five for a gig. My wife spends twenty five for a gig on her iPhone. She, I told her to use it no matter what. Don't think about the data plan. She never hit it. All right. Well, with that. Sentiment uh, mm. fading off into the distance. I guess the, uh, what would you say, not the analysis, the conclusion of Windows uh, Phone is that uh, it's a we'll see. Yeah, we'll I'd see. say that'd be Interesting the best. Uh, I think Android's got its work cut out for it. Cool. Well, um, as many of you loyal listeners, and we hope that that's growing in ranks weekly or all bi weekly. All 10 of you. Yes, all 10 of you. Well, yeah, but times 10, times 10. So I often like to pull a little bit more of the obscure that's related to tech off and just uh, bring it up to you because perhaps maybe it got missed by you, and I hope that that's what one of the things you're tuning in for is, is it's that little piece of information you didn't know. So if you are a collector of things Apple and Mac and you've got the tattoo on your arm and all that, Christie's of London is auctioning off an original Apple One computer that shipped from Steve Jobs' garage. It's number 82. It includes the motherboard, cassette adapter, manuals, the original shipping box, and even a signed letter from Steve Jobs to the original owner. Now, they're estimating that this is going to uh, sell for approximately $240,000. Uh, I don't know what the bid starts out at, um, Anybody uh, anybody here at the table pining for that piece of Apple history? Does yes, it work? Yes, our uh, European listeners can ship that to OWC Chris, care of Otherworld Computing. You can tell that the, the uh, uh, auction house is definitely, uh, they hire marketers. This is the forerunner of the iPad, iPod, iPad, and iPhone. It worked straight out of the box. Forerunner. <laughs> I mean, who really cares? Well, it, it's, it's history. It, it, uh, can, can you hook an SSD up to it? <laughs> All right, well, 
Does uh, it work? That's all I want to know. Like, I, is it, it mint or like new, uh, refurbed? Does it come with the original <laughs> Apple base or the basic cassette that came with it? It, it says it comes with the cassette. Is it, it signed by Waz ooh. and Steve? No, no, it's got a signed letter from Steve, and it, it's the is first it pre-assembled on, uh, personal computer. It did not require soldering skills to get running. Is it? Wow. T- is is the letter typed on notebook paper? I don't know. It is, looks pretty not, impressive. Because you know the one that was for sale, uh, what, about a year ago? It does have the original Apple the, logo uh, up there on oh, yeah. the uh, operating manual. That's pretty cool. I've got a copy of that. I should send that to you. So anyway, if you're, uh, if you're interested in it, it's going up for auction. It was just announced yesterday. And, uh, own your piece of Apple history. Yeah, own your piece. Well, Adobe continues to fail out there with uh, Flash contributing the largest number of security patches in Apple's latest... Uh, Patch fix for Mac OS 10 or for Mac OS 10, and then um, also in related news, uh, Flash's effect on battery life for the new MacBook Air. If you have it in there, if you put the Flash plugin on, you can reduce your battery by uh, two hours just using the Flash plugin. So that's crazy. I mean, uh, that's like almost like everyone's going to do that anyway, right? No, you don't need it. If you get used to not having it, if you want it, you'll install the plugin. But I mean, if you're watching Actually, video, if, if and you're going to do any of that, what I recommend is, uh, I believe it's freeware. Uh, it's a plugin or an extension for Safari at the very least is Click to Flash. Yeah, that way you don't get the stupid dancing caterpillar that's eating up all your CPUs while you're trying to read a legitimate news article. Okay. Yet you can still, if you want to see uh, that, you know, a YouTube movie or a. Um, well, YouTube, play you can a see an HTML5 now. It's an option. Now, yeah, having, that's true, too. Having been someone who produced a lot of video in Flash back in the early part of the millennium, I mean, Flash has just gotten really bloated as far as taking up processor speed to take up, to do more than what Flash was originally intended to do online. They wanted to use it to take over as, like, a programming interface and all that. And just really overcomplicated what is an animator and video display, media display plugin. I mean, if, if these things took up the power they took back in early millennium, they wouldn't have been used back then just because they would have hogged everything for battery life. Now now they're just taking up too much, too many resources out there, and Adobe's got to get their act together if they want to continue to be there and be around. Yeah, I mean, what are they saying to this, and what's, what's, the, uh, what's the general uh, public sentiment on this? I mean, I can't imagine anyone's too happy about losing two hours of runtime on their battery. I imagine we tend to go off a little bit more on the geek side of the public sentiment, but I mean, I, I would say our opinion is more on the public sentiment side. Um, but uh, Adobe just kind of says, hey, if you know, when you're using display content or technology to display that content versus not displaying it, I mean, what are you going to use? And I mean, that's the wrong type of sentiment to put out there. Hmm. Adobe's really got to get their act together. I'm sure they have enough money. They're a big company. They should be able to fix the problem, but instead of doing that... And what they're charging us for Creative Suite. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another issue with uh, Adobe and their Creative Suite. I mean, I, I upgraded to 5, and I think it's a downgrade. I mean, they can't even get the Marquee tool to work correctly. They used to be Pixel Perfect since version 2, and now the Marquee tool doesn't even select correctly. So, I mean, they, that's just one of many issues that are out there with Adobe going on. So I think... I don't know what's going on over there. Maybe they're too big or, you know, they got to figure something out. But, I mean, to actually take up, in the, OS, in the Mac OS X update, they take up 42% of the fixes in that update. Yeah, my favorite was the one where it, uh, uh, one of the exploits can uh, 
lead to arbitrary code execution. Which always means taking over your computer. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounds a whole lot like Word to me, but... Well, and it kind of harkens back. I mean, the, the executives at Adobe are like, well, you know, Steve Jobs is trying to continue his war against us. We don't get the whole propaganda thing against Flash. And then, I mean, when Steve took him to task and said, hey, show me a mobile phone that can run Flash efficiently. And all the Android phones are like, we have Flash. We run the full Internet. And then what's Flash do your battery life? Oh, it tanks it. <laughs> oh, okay then. I think <laughs> the point was proven then. And then to remove it from the, and then to have Apple's just say, well, with the MacBook Air, or starting with the MacBook Air, they're not going to put the Flash plugin by default because they want to encourage you to go download the latest one so you have the most secure version. Because let's face it, people aren't actively updating their plugins. When was the last time you maybe upgraded your Adobe PDF viewer? Eh. Anytime you have a problem with it, that's when, <laughs> when yeah. it was the last and update. And, that, and, and with how long Macs really last, I mean, you're talking two, three years, you could be out of date with a security vulnerability wide open. I mean, they just really need to get on top of it. Do yeah, something. That's that's un the unfortunate part of uh, macOS being that easy to use is you don't think about it until there's a problem. Right. It's so appliance-like that you will keep your machine around for a while. I mean, how old is your machine, Grant, that you're using at home? Oh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> is it almost decadal now? or? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say the Christie's of uh, London might be auctioning it soon. <laughs> it's a piece that should be in the museum. <laughs> yes, that's right. But it's not a piece because it still works. That's right. All right, well, um, as you know, OWC is deep into social media. If you follow us on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or our blog, um, and I happen to be the man behind the curtain on some of those aspects, so whenever you're getting a personalized response, you can just say, hey, that's OWC Grant. But Who is that man behind the curtain? <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Who rang that bell? <laughs> Facebook rolled out a mobile initiative, and they're pushing into the mobile market with new iOS and Android apps, but yeah. the big kind of news there was that they said that they don't consider iPad to be a mobile device and are encouraging those users to use the main site or uh, touch.facebook.com. So it's just kind of interesting that with a device that's kind of taken the world by storm and... It's slim and it's lightweight and it's portable and it's mobile that Facebook would say it's not a portable device. Well, all things considered, I, I, I don't have an iPad, but I checked it out on my touch and the Facebook, that touch.facebook.com, I'm showing it to uh, the folks in, in here. It, it doesn't look that terrible. And it looks a lot like the, uh, and it the looks app. A, it looks a whole lot like the app, so they're not missing out a whole lot on it. But at the same time, yeah, it, you might as well have just enlarge the interface for the iPad. No. Maybe they have. I don't know. Well, the, the problem on the iPad is that um, it takes a, there's, it has a huge screen. Mm -hmm. And so when people just upscale their apps, it looks ridiculous. Um, if you were to try to get a calculator app for the iPad, nobody's doing it right yet because the calculator is the size of the iPad. And the buttons are like, they're bigger than the Jitterbug phone. So there you go. I was just going to say, hey, man. You could, you could use that from across the room with a yeah. touch stick. Dump one, dump it's a two. tip calculator. Yeah. <laughs> It does other things. <laughs> nope, just calculate. <laughs> and so, I mean, they struggle. I, I see a lot of developers who are struggling with the with the size. What do you do with all that extra space? Do you fill it in? Because before it was, you had to do a custom app because there was enough room. So you're optimizing your content to display, you know, however best it could be displayed on that smaller screen size effectively. So you either have like your your touch URL where it's you know 
looks like the app almost, and you have an app which will be more native and function faster. My wife uses the Facebook app all the time. She's always Facebooking. Yeah, I've got that too. And mm-hmm. the that one just goes with a bunch of icons, which again, yeah, it would be a little look a little a little bit funky on an iPad, but I think it would be most it would definitely be passable. Well, I think I just think if they were using something on the same time frame, they couldn't figure it out yet. If they See, wanted, that's where I was going to go. It's yeah. like, how can you ignore that market and say, okay, well, we're going to be all things to all people, but for this new niche, which, which you know, we've if you've listened to our shows in the past, we don't think it's a niche. We think it's the future. Um, well, Chris may not, but <laughs> but if you, if you <laughs> think about niche. it, though, um, just use the website. The the iPad that's that's where a lot of people struggle because on the iPhone you're like you wanted a native app for something that was specific like Facebook because it was a little harder to zoom in and zoom out on the smaller screen at the touch or the iPhone have on the iPad the full web feels just fine. You know that's a good marketing ploy too in a way it's like you know what we don't want to spend you know a couple million in development so just use the normal site it's all good it's got everything you need yeah. because that's what you bought the iPad for mm-hmm. which was its bigger display. Mm-hmm. Huh. Just go for it. And that's also why you don't see all the iPhone apps. You know, you'd know, you imagine by now all 300,000 or 250,000 iPhone apps would have been ported over to the iPad right away. Well, no. not necessarily because about half of those apps are those stupid flashlight apps anyhow. Yeah, yeah. You got you got the dumb apps out there and holding an iPad up for a flashlight is kind of funny. Ooh, I can turn on the LED. There's Wait a second. Those people on that cruise ship could have used that. Some lady, in yeah. fact, she was using, she was quoted as saying, I was using my iPad, or no, my iPod, to illuminate my way to the decks. Right. I do that. I'll, I'll put the power thing and put the, just yeah. use the display's light, and I won't use the light on the back of an iPhone or something. I've been doing that for with my cell phone for years. Yeah, forever, pretty yeah. much. A little more awkward with a laptop. So the we're iPad talking about, look at how much uh, more light that iPad would have put off. <laughs> see, I'd see? It lights a room. There's, that, market, there's that marketer in me. I'd have said, you know, forget about that tiny uh, illumination output from your other right. iDevices, the iPad. Four times more light, which is great for one app that doesn't require the yeah. the making of you know two thousand different uh, flashlights. Well, you like the Android marketplace? I hear they have about uh, ten thousand dedicated fart apps. <laughs> yes, but there's a lot of different types of farts. And Apple has significantly said that if you make another one of those apps, we'll deny you. <laughs> so no one can make those apps anymore. Yet they, they allow the five. It's like every three days, there's about <laughs> twenty different i or flashlight apps. Yeah. Well, they're all used differently. If I flash and strobe with blue and red and green, it's no, it's the other one. <laughs> turn it on. They, no, they have a different picture. That oh, is the difference. Yeah. Otherwise, they turn on the LED. Okay. I'm well, sorry. That's not a real app. I'm hoping that topic was illuminating to you all. There you go. Uh, and to, to summarize, maybe there's just not an app needed for that for the iPad. Okay. You know, with the iPad, it almost creating its own, especially with all sorts of apps for mobile devices now, um, there's been a comment um, by Wired Magazine and an analyst at Forrester Research, who I pay a lot of attention to because they're a great source for information, but they're both proclaiming the web is dead. And that people, the argument goes something like this, that um, after falling in love with the openness of the web, consumers are feeling like it's too chaotic, and they're actually preferring a more controlled environment, which an operating system and apps on a mobile device, or, well, any device, Mm -hmm. creates for them. Growth of walled gardens, and this is uh, a Harvard professor of Internet law, the growth of walled gardens like Apple's application store have threatened the gen... I can't even read this word, generative character of the Internet, which has permitted users to build on what's already there, as with Lego toys. And so 
he's really um, kind of railing against this, that um, he doesn't think this is a good thing. Only yeah, now a handful of new gatekeepers will be in place, and how do we trust them to make sure that everything that we want to know it's basically decrying a uh, the, the switch from early days of the web where everybody was generating content, uh, which the word you were looking for was generative. Ah, generative. Um, and it, it now it, it's gone from uh, creation of content to consumption of content. It's close to geriatric, actually. Which I mean, I suppose if, oh, if one really? knows that that's that, a little bit arguable because of you, the YouTube explosion. I mean, you you do and comment posts and all that stuff. You... Yeah, except for how many people are com- really who on YouTube? How many people are creating content and how oh, many you're are consuming? Oh, you're going to have more viewers than, than generators, yes. But, I mean, the, the web is uh, also that opened up. proportion? Not compared back to the 90s when the only people who could make it were people who knew how to do HTML. Now you have it more freed up. So, I mean, you, you have the, f- the freedom that's been made over the last few years for people to make their own content and post it in some fashion or other. You've got blogs, you've got blog software, all that. But it again, exists and, before and that falls into that category of the walled garden where you're subject to certain limitations. Every site's a walled garden. The argument's bupkis. Well, and actually, um, the web is an application mm-hmm. over the Internet. So people have been, been almost indoctrinated into using it but they look at it as the end-all be-all app of everything and they and i mean yeah. I, even me i mean okay I and mean, i was like i think i was prodigy user you know 003 because we were one of the first manufacturers back in the late 80s to bundle that um, <laughs> and uh it's that was there control i mean I'll, I'll be honest with you the first time uh, that i took a look at it um and everyone was real excited about it and you could get your groceries via peapot on it i said great how are you going to do couponing? And they, the executives, uh, were, yeah. they look at it, well, you're not. I'm like, what do you mean? This yeah. should be, you know, just because I'm doing this for convenience doesn't mean they still don't want savings, too. Yeah. You know, so, again. Well, I, I mean, I'll use the Weather Channel analogy for that. I mean, I, I use the Weather Channel app all the time on the on iPad, or I'll use the Weather app that comes with the iPhone that goes to Yahoo's weather. But uh, I get the weather. I don't ever go to theweatherchannel.com anymore. I'm still getting the weather from them on my iPad. I'm just not going to their website because it's more convenient, faster, and lighter to go via the app. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's not a, wa- I mean, okay, walled garden meaning, oh, I got the app through the app store and blah, blah, blah. It's been under controls, but it's still the weather channel's the source for that. So I don't see the difference between using the app and going to the darn website. The uh, website I think I'm the walled garden more. refers more to places like uh, the aforementioned Facebook or uh, That's other, a website. other communities like that wherein you have to sign in with a username your content is subject to right but um, i mean yeah you're gonna have people that are only using facebook and that's their only thing but they choose to do that now with the internet and they don't need an app to wall themselves off from the rest of the internet They're that's exactly the point the, yeah. the web itself as just a big wide chaotic frontier of uh sites and just places to go yeah that still exists to some extent to some um, extent, almost 99.9% of the extent existed five years ago, today, of, of tomorrow. The, of the stuff out there. But, the, you know, a but larger I think this percentage is saying that it's, it's, is, is, is it shifting? Is, is it, it shifting? Is there a paradigm shift here where... They're shifting you know, back to these you know small community-type things such as Facebook. I think, I think the people who wrote it are close. Pretty soon we're, we're going to be going back to AOL-type people yeah. signing in. No, it's, no because, okay... You, you go, you click your email app, you're getting your email from wherever you signed up for email. 
You want to go to you're going to go to the web and you're go read something. You're making the assumption that everybody knows how to use email, and everyone is like you. See, I'm I'm uh, rarely I'm actually agreeing with Chris here, Mike, in that um, I think for the most of us at the table, we embrace the chaoticness, if you want to call it that. I call it discovery. You're saying we, that everybody uses email? It's on the internet. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I, email and is I, the number one app. And on I didn't the invent the internet either. It's number one <laughs> use. It is not an app. But what I didn't I'm, say it was an app. What I just said it was the number one app on the internet. I meant as an application. Right. What I'm what I'm saying is is that uh, when we all first got our first taste of the internet, it was like a like a treasure hunt, and it was like and it was almost like I remember hitting you know enter and like whoa look at all this stuff and now I can look at it and I still prefer that type of experience. I don't me personally I don't want to go to a portal or a garden, however we want to call it, and that everything is served right there. Future generations of users, though, you take like my kids 9 or 11, if this becomes a dominant thing where you get this, you know, you have to go to the app store to get your content here, then they're going to think of their information experience as the app store, not that there's all this other content out there that can be searched. And so, the problem with that is then who controls that information? Right. So oh, that's, wow. I just, that's very that's big brother conspiracy of you theorist. That that, that's very, I, I think that's a very closed-minded approach to thinking of it. You have Safari. Browse wherever the heck you want to browse. It's open there. I think, and like with the iPad with Bookstore, you had Project Gutenberg existed on the Wild Web. Nice. We're not talking about just the iPad. We're talking we're about talk teaching and training and indoctrination. We're talking not, okay, about not the usage of but, the web. But what happens over time? Again, my, my example was we're used to going out and searching and seeking variety. In 30 years from now, with, with this concept, maybe the web isn't dead or dying, but it's going to maybe per, perhaps the, the, the sentiment should be, that it will die a slow and to some of us older users a painful death right, and because they're, and they're using all the apps and all the type of stuff in the stores all that as an example of what's going to be the future and I think something like an iPad iPhone Android device they're utilizing the web in interesting ways they're not just closing they're utilizing the, apps. the information they're not utilizing the actual web itself are you kidding me that's the dumbest thing I've heard you say. <laughs> No way. They are using the internet to connect to different sites to get the information. The weather app. I'm, they're going to weatherchannel.com for the information. You go so okay, far, you're yes, going there. That's great. Yeah. Okay. What if I want to find out how to bake bread? Go to oh, Safari and Google. Right. That's what most of us would do, or that's most of us current people who've been using it for a while. What people are going to stop talking, wanting to do no, that? No, but we're talking about somewhere down the line. Somebody will go, oh, well, I'll just go to bread recipes. I need the bread baking app to tell me what to do. It's not even an app. I'm, I'm going only to the the bread baking site. I'm not going to this independent site where this guy has this great recipe for, you know, crusty Italian bread. No, 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 no. Crusty. Mmm, crusty. And um, if they choose to do so, why would you stop them? Oh, if they ch no, they shouldn't be stopped. But at that point... If there's no viewers on this independent site where nobody, where there's this wonderful recipe that nobody has, and unless he submits it to breadrecipes.com, I don't even know if that's a real site or not. I bet it is. It probably probably. Is. Either that, and hopefully you're taking someone to an actual bread recipe site. Yeah. yeah but I want to I know where this good, crusty Italian uh, recipe is at. You've got to give me that site. I'm sure there's an app for that. Stay walled. Yeah. <laughs> Two Two Woodstock, Illinois. Embrace the wall. 
But nonetheless, if he doesn't submit it to that bread recipes website, well then How's no one will ever see that. today's web than if it were in the future with an app store? Because in today's web, you can still find it. Someone's going to stop using search in the future? Entirely possible. No. No, that's exactly the point, though. I I think that's not exactly the point. I think that kids won't be taught to seek out for themselves and differing opinions. They'll be taught there's... Well, come on, let's There's face it. There's adults who don't do that now. Well, How do yeah. you find this? Did you Google right. it? And it's oh. That, and, and it's that <laughs> exact point. Gardens. Right. But t- just because they're dumb doesn't mean the internet's dead. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, the the internet frees it up if you want to get the, the information to, or the, the life of the internet only works on the intelligence of the users, really. Right. For, to use your phrase, that Mike H is phrasing, the dumb people... If you're just going to go to your specific portals and you're missing out on the, those other sites, those other sites, if more more people start just going to the portals or the walled gardens, as we're saying, I don't mind the portals. I'll be a one of those dumb people. I'll, yeah, I'll then you're missing. Then side, you're missing I'll out on this. information, and that information will eventually Are die. Are you the nanny state? No, I'll do what I want. If I want to use one or two websites, which most people do do in their normal usage of the internet, they rely on a few websites as trusted sources, and then they'll occasionally go outside of their trusted domains to look. Fun that you should mention the nanny state because yeah. okay who's controlling the information on those portals who i mean you have you have the, uh, the companies that run those portals so if they don't want to uh, say offend somebody i sure hope the weather channel owns their own content well the weather in and of itself is you know, you know not really you owned me by yahoo anybody. controls all the news that's in their news portal no, no, they got AP but, News in there and AP but they control stuff. what shows up uh-huh. exactly yeah they can control what shows up so therefore right. so that they you don't can want... choose to use the yahoo for news app you can choose to use the NBC News app. You can choose to use the ABC News app or their independent websites. If you want to view full websites, go there in Safari. Or if you want to find out about real information, that, because if you only go to one or so, a all those sources, have fake information. No, okay, but you, selective, it, selective information. That is the word that we're looking for. So where are you going to go to get your non-selective information from? These underground. You're going to teach. You're going to teach your children well on how to be a. A curious person and not rely on one person. I'm pulling a McLaughlin group there, and that's the summary. And a nice segue <laughs> to, again, one of my favorite things to give you a little bit more of the obscure information is, and I'm going to hear the duh, so let's do a group duh before I say it. No, no we, we can't, we can't okay. react until well, you say it. <laughs> Duracell's toy report, and that's interesting because Duracell is a power maker, so I understand that. Um, lists the iPod, iPhone, or the iPod Touch. The iPhone and the iPad is the most preferred Christmas gift among youngsters with 66% between the ages of 13 and 16 putting the iDevices at the top of their Christmas list. Duh. I want an iPad. Okay. But here's, 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 wait, the, here's, wait, the, wait, here's wait. the no duh. Here's the no duh. 17% of 5 to 8-year-olds mm-hmm. and half of 9 to 12-year-olds did the same. Now, to me, I'm sorry, kids should still be kids. And the problem is is that, and why they're doing this, is, is that... Why? There's an app for that. <laughs> exactly. Um, they they want to be just like their parents, because parents Although nowadays... Kids should have a walled garden for protection. <laughs> there I will give you that. Smartphones, laptops, whatever. So kids want to be just like mom and dad, so they want to have this too. And Well, kids are also more succumbed to marketing and advertising. They don't know the difference on a web page from advertising to the original content. So when they see an ad over and over how cool the iPad iPhone is, you got advertising working their way, magic on 5- to 10-year-olds too. And even some 13-year-olds who haven't you know, quite matured enough yet. Well, Am I going to have to be the one to point out the irony that this was uh, 
funded or this uh, research was done by a battery company when you can't replace any of the batteries. That's in the that's my devices. point. So I'm like, I'm almost saying this is pretty legit information. If like Duracell, Duracell basically comes out and says, oh, our future doesn't look too good because none of this stuff runs on ours unless they're going to make a big announcement. By the way, we now have replacement batteries for all these devices. But well, they could like put Apple out an external it, case yeah. slash battery pack. Maybe sort of Apple. Yeah, but for all of that, I've always Duracell. gone with newer tech products. Yeah. There you go. Shameless plug. <laughs> da, da, da. Now, the one thing that warmed my heart, though, was is that um, there are some names that appear at the bottom of this uh, top ten list, and those names would include the Harry Potter Lego video game, the Barbie video girl, the Buzz Lightyear jetpack, and something called the Zuzu Hamster and their Kung Zu Hamster spinoffs. So, oh, you know, you, uh, is that all on Christmas list? <laughs> So yeah, you know, that, 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 that's list? basically they took a, a <laughs> like the like, toy they have uh, uh, a couple years ago. What Kung Zoo hamster? Yeah, it's it's kind of like oh, you put a real one. You you put <laughs> it's like a motorized <laughs> hamster that you put on Hot Wheels tracks and they run around or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. We actually stop in at Petco to watch those when they announce that they're going to have races. And you know what? So I guess Kung what I'm Fu trying hamsters? to say is you guinea pig races. No, no, no. They have hamsters that they put on these little balls and they put them. <laughs> and they put them on tracks. They have we races. Need to bleep that. Wow. <laughs> they put them in little spheres. Spheres, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I got what you meant. Yeah. How so, oh, I knew what you meant, but I, I wasn't guess, going I to guess, let it parents, go by. <laughs> yeah. This is the Christmas-rated uh, uh, episode that will never air. No, but seriously, um, there is a somewhat... Um, Would you rather it be Game Boys? Because it's been... For the 5 to 13 group, it's always been consoles and games and Nintendo 64s and Nintendo Yeah, but there's a time and a place for it. I mean, again, look at this. 17% of 5 to 8-year-olds. These kids are still, 5-year-olds are still learning to tie their shoes. I, well, I remember Here, back, here's your iPad. Have a good time. I remember back in 07, uh, one of my friends well, I liked had a 5-year-old, and he goes, Holy cow, you have an iPhone? <laughs> I let him hold it, and it made his day. Like, here, hold it. And my friend's like, oh, my God, he's going to break it. I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't break it. But, uh, I mean, he, the kid's like, I held an iPhone, and he's fine. That's what the technology is, though. I love technology as a kid. The kids so. are smarter. As, yes, but as you have a child, at a certain point, you're going to mourn that loss of innocence and childhood. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and there's nothing that's going to replace, even though it's it's almost maniacal and insane, that Christmas morning or Christmas Eve, where you're putting things together and that five-minute easy installation becomes five hours and you've got to jury-rig something because that present needs to be opened and enjoyed hey. by that kid and you're going to kill yourself to have that dang thing put together. You know, that proves the point. You should have bought them a darn iPhone or an iPad <laughs> instead of the Android device you saved some money on. <laughs> <laughs> so forward-thinking, a few topics to close out this episode of OWC Radio. We're, uh, OWC is attending a few trade shows, and uh, that would most notably be CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, early January, and then Macworld at the end of January. And we bring up the CES one because there's a little contest we want to tell you about, and we did it for all of our listeners and followers to have a little bit of fun. It's um, the Meet Me at CES video contest, and you can help us win if you visit www. CESweb.org slash contest. So go on there, check out our entry. It's OWC puts you in the fast lane. And uh, it's in a the, homage. In the spirit of uh, great Illinois politics, make sure you vote early and vote often. That's right. Yes, you can vote once a day. 
So just go there, check it out. Um, I actually was in that video. Well, the director's cut of that video. Oh, and I should mention. I got uh, got cut out. Ah. I should mention, if you're going to CES, we're in the Las Vegas Convention Center North Hall booth. 3935. Thank you. And we're, I think, booth 513 at Macworld. So we've got a lot of good, uh, cool new products coming down the pipe. And speaking of cool new products, a few that uh, you may find out about, and we'll wrap this episode up with, keep watching MacSales.com. Watch our blog. Sign up for all of our social channels on Twitter and Facebook because Black Friday and Cyber Monday are right around the corner. And, man, we are pulling out all the stops this year. Every year it gets bigger and bigger for us to bring you just unbelievable deals. And so, I mean, last year we had really great enclosure deals at like 9 bucks. I mean, you can't beat it. So definitely, word to the wise, follow us and uh, be watching us Black Friday and all of what we're going to call Cyber Week. So for all the gang here, this is OWC Grant signing off saying... Keep it OWC, keep it newer tech. See you later. Bye-bye.